0: All right. Welcome to the first edition of Texan Overtime for the summer and really the first edition for the fall Uh, this fall. We're going to have a slightly different format. Uh, I'm J.T. Lindsay. I'm the podcast editor here at the Texan. Hopefully I'll still be the podcast editor here at the Texan next week. But um, I'll be kind of the host, the moderator uh, as we talk about uh, all the biggest headlines in Texas sports for the next few months. Um, And I'm joined um, as you'll soon learn, as always by uh, Alex Brasenio and Ross Burkhardt, two rising stars, at least in Ross's case, and the Texan Sports <laughs> Department.
1: Wow. Uh, I so, was going to uh, say, I'm already a star. What are you talking about, rising? That's what I was saying. But Ross uh, is definitely rising. I'm going yeah. to come up, though.
0: Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, before we get into it, that we do want to kind of break the ice a little bit. And I learned this week that, uh, that Ross works at Target. So here's my question. Alex, um, you can go first. What's your favorite section at Target to really just dive into and...
1: Uh Oh, my
0: gosh.
1: I They have some good cards. That's where I buy all of my cards. That's
2: my section. Wait, what? The greeting cards all the way down. Those are the best ones? To the kitchen stuff. All of it. That's, um, that's my section.
1: So for Mother's Day, I spent 45 minutes looking at cards because <laughs> I couldn't find the right one. And then I ended up just buying a blank one and writing my own stuff on it.
0: Well, see, this just says how good of a team you are. He is the card man at
1: Target, and you love cards. Or just, like, bad timing, because he could have helped me when I
2: went. <laughs> I could have been there. I I passionately hate that section because I work there. Um, I really like, I really enjoy um, the toys. The mm-hmm. toy section is <laughs> is chaotic evil. It is... It gives me anxiety every time I'm there. But you find something new every day. I just
0: like that section of Target where, like, it's in every Target, but there's just a corner with, like, movies for $2 that don't make any sense. You're like, why do I want to watch a Mary-Kate and Ashley vampire movie? I don't want to watch that, but it's there. (laughs) Uh, That's my favorite part of every Target because it's, like – and then also, like, the sports clothes section because none of them are quite – the right branding like they have (laughs) the colors right like they've seen an astros game but they don't quite know what that exactly it's
2: like like go astros like basketball there's Mm -hmm. always one nfl jersey in the sports section there and it's deshaun watson (laughs) that's the only sports figure from the nfl they have at my target how long have you
0: been working at target ross
2: uh, yeah, no, I, I got it at the, the beginning of the summer, I'd say probably around May, but I've got uh, four shifts left there, so Saturday is going to be my last day at Target.
0: And while this Saturday is going to be Ross's last at Target at Ohio State, there are a few coaches that might have spent their last Saturday in Columbus. Ross, why don't you tell us a little bit about the news coming out of Ohio State surrounding wide receiver coach Zach Smith and, of course, head coach Urban Meyer.
2: Uh, Yeah, of course. um, A couple weeks ago now, Zach Smith, uh, the receiver's coach at Ohio State, was let go from the program. And then um, head coach Urban Meyer was uh, repeatedly asked at uh, Big Ten Media Days Um, If he had any knowledge of the incidents surrounding Zach Smith, allegedly, and denied the allegations that he did know, only to later have a report from uh, Brett McMurphy that came out on his personal Facebook, uh, which revealed that Urban did know about the the incidents involving Zach Smith and his uh, wife, Courtney Smith. And of course, this
0: is a big story in college football, but Ohio State isn't a school that necessarily interacts with Texas a lot. But Alex,
1: why don't you tell us a little bit about how
0: this might affect the Texas athletics program?
1: So Tom Herman had a, a press conference Thursday, which was the day after the report was released, I believe. Um, and one of the first questions he received was regarding you know, one of his previous jobs, was which was um, quarterbacks coach and offensive coordinator. At Ohio State University um, but also there are two coaches on his staff right now that also spent time at Ohio State as well um, Tom Herman left at the end of 2014 um, so when he was asked you know based on his knowledge he said as you guys should know I, I left the program uh, after the 2015
0: season and or excuse me the 2014 season and the things that occurred, to my knowledge, happened uh, in late 2015, so I, I really don't think it'd be fair or appropriate, to be honest with you, Brian, uh, for
1: me to comment about a situation in another program that happened while I wasn't there. Uh, a couple of questions after that, he was asked. and
0: Have you asked your, your assistant coaches that about what they may have known about anything that was going on prior to that 2015 incident?
1: That's at another program that I'm not going to comment on. The two coaches, which one of them being Tim Beck, who left in 2016, um, it's just a little bit more interesting with Tim Beck just because he's been there since 2016. Uh, But again, Tom Herman declined to comment.
0: All eyes will certainly be in Ohio State for the next couple weeks to see what comes out of that program. But um, on the 40 acres, we've had uh, some new beginnings here on – football practice field on last thursday tom herman held a presser to signal the beginning of fall camp which began on friday um so one of the biggest focuses at that uh first presser and as fall camp began was on safety uh but yeah you guys what exactly has been the big changes that texas athletics has implemented in order to increase player safety
1: so one of the first things that you know, I noticed at the first practice Friday morning um, was the offensive and defensive linemen as well as the linebackers were all wearing these type of, pat- this type of padding on their helmets. Um, and it's not something that I've seen in my two years. I mean, this is my second year. I didn't see it at all last year. Um, but I have noticed that other schools are starting to do this. I know OU does this right now. Um, but we asked – uh, Tom Harriman about it and he said that you know with linemen the majority of their concussions aren't coming from high-speed you know contact or collisions it's coming from repetitive blows from you know offensive defensive linemen and so they said during practice they're gonna start wearing these and it's gonna be an all-year type of thing um, and they also said they have a new uh, sports science guy he did not say his name that was what he used uh, sports science guy Um And he also said that they're starting to—the first practice, at least, was cut uh, like 15 to 20 minutes short. Um, And they're just really utilizing this guy as far as safety, whether it's equipment or if it's just the duration of a practice.
2: So on the nature of player safety surrounding the Longhorns, uh, quarterback Sam Ellinger met with the media Thursday prior to fall camp and was asked if he remembered how many concussions that he had last season, to which he replied, No. "Uh, The next question from a journalist, Sam interrupted him mid-sentence to say, one, to which he was asked by the journalist whether it was against Oklahoma. And then Sam takes this strange pause. Actually, yes, one. (laughs) Which game was that? (laughs) Which game was that, Oklahoma? No oklahoma
0: state okay uh, certainly uh concussions are a big concern for any program especially on high f- high profile players uh like sam ellinger alex why don't we talk a little bit about uh this
1: clip and especially in context to last season uh with uh sam ellinger's health yeah this really this all comes back to the, the texas oklahoma game um and it, w- it was a span of two weeks so the the game that sam mentioned was the oklahoma state game which was the week after the OU game. Um, But the reason this question is so interesting is because uh, Sam was helped off the field in the OU game um, after taking kind of a a tough blow to the head. His head bounced off the field. Um, And he went into the medical tent. They ran a a concussion test. And um, I talked to him after the game. asked if he was ever, you know, confused. um, And he said no. And so uh, the next week um, he played against Oklahoma State. Um, and that is, I I didn't see a hit, an obvious hit where I anticipated, you know, any concussion to come from that. Um, but there was just, like I said, there was a lot of speculation around this and with the OU game as well. I mean, he threw the ball away on fourth down and that's just, I mean, that just added the speculation. Um, but as far as the Oklahoma State game, which he said is w- when he sustained the concussion, uh, I'd have to look back at it, but I don't recall watching it live and watching a rerun. I don't recall one play where I, I could have you know, pinpointed it.
0: Well, Sadie's been a big focus at fall camp, uh, and there's a lot of interesting storylines that are sure to come up throughout the season. Um, the biggest storylines are going to be who's actually playing come Saturday. And so um, there's been a lot of uh, different position groups with a lot of different interesting developments, especially, uh, of course, the quarterback battle. Uh, why don't we talk a little bit about the quarterback battle, see how, who's going to start, uh, Shane Bouchelle or uh, Sam Ellinger?
2: Uh, yeah, um, finally this summer, the first indication of m- a potential starter came from Tom Herman during uh, last Thursday's press conference when he said that Sam was going to take the initial snaps for – the the first team uh and then he also followed it up to say shane was gonna get some reps with the ones as well as uh incoming freshman cameron rising so um as to what this all means i would say that we can clearly pinpoint sam as the front runner uh i mean it both of the quarterbacks um sam and shane obviously played in seven games apiece last season including the bowl game against Missouri so they each had their ups and downs last season they both bring something different to the table but I think it's safe to say that um come September 1st against Maryland we're gonna see Sam Ellinger take the field for the Longhorns
1: I'm not confident enough to say safe to say um but I mean if I if I had to pick I, I would say Sam um and I mean, that's, that's fair and Tom Herman said he's earned it in the press conference whenever he said that Sam would be getting, you know, the first snap of fall camp. Um, Some people are saying that Cam Rising might find his way onto the field. Um, I don't see it unless there's just a ton of garbage time, which I also don't see happening. And
0: I've heard that uh, his stock is rising.
1: That's bad. That's not a good joke. (laughs) (laughs) That is a bad joke. And I don't think he will see the field unless they're losing by three touchdowns or winning by three touchdowns well, in the fourth quarter.
0: Here's a question though I do have. Uh, should we is there any indication that we can expect a two quarterback thing like we
2: saw some of the season last year? Hopefully not. If I mean it's like you know the age-old saying if you've got two quarterbacks, you don't have one quarterback because I mean, it, it, the whole going back to the Missouri game, it was really choppy. I mean, I don't see how either the quarterbacks are going to get into a rhythm or how the team is at its best this season if you've got two quarterbacks playing, you know, whether it's alternating um, games or possessions or whatever it may be. So I think they, whoever it may be, I think they need to find one guy, and Tom needs to be confident in that decision.
0: Well, that or on the depth chart is going to be big and bolded for a while until we know anything concrete about uh, the quarterbacks, but... um You know, the quarterbacks aren't the only position on the football field, even though uh, a lot of the media don't like to talk about it. But another big uh, position, especially for the Longhorns, um, in helping that quarterback succeed is going to be the running back group. Uh, And I know, you know, from our California transfer Trey Watson to uh, incoming freshman Keontae Ingram and sophomores uh, Daniel Young and Tennille Carter, There's a lot of excitement at that position, and there's been a lot of buzz in the last week about um, the newcomers and and the the guys who have stayed on.
2: You can only go up from last season, seeing as how, I mean, there were games where they didn't run the ball five times (laughs) for three hours. (laughs) Three and a half. (laughs) Three and a half hours. So I think you've got a couple new guys coming in who might bring something new to the mix. Um, offensive line coach, uh, Herb Hand talked about it on Thursday when he was asked about it, um, for the media availability. And he said that he would like obviously to have, you know, one of those feature backs, somebody who could even be, you know, three down back. Um, and maybe we'll see somebody emerge. Maybe it could be a little bit of a committee, but as long as it's not, lacks a little bit similar to the quarterback situation, as long as it's not the way that it was last season with, you don't know who's going to be handed the ball from week to week, whether, you know, it it was Chris Warren, the third, or it was Danny young, whoever it may be. I think they need to have a more solid rotation and just kind of stick to it and be confident in who they've selected and just give them the power.
1: I would like to see, two running backs emerge and I, georgia had a lot of success with this with michelle and chubb and i mean I, you can't expect texas to find two running backs like that right now um but just two strong running backs that you know are confident and just you know show out in these next couple of weeks i, I mean if i had to pick any i think you know danny young would be one of them um but that second one is really up for grabs uh, but that is one thing I would really like for them to use. Um, period.
2: Well, you've seen some stuff from Danny Young in practice, haven't you? Yeah, and I, even last
1: year he was, you know, starting to show out. And like I said, I mean, he—I think it was a Baylor game where he had a, a strong performance. But I mean, he can right. run. And uh, I mean, last year was tricky because you—you had Chris Warren, Kyle Porter, Danny Young, Tonyel Carter, and. There was a while, there was a few weeks where I was really just putting my money on Tonyal Carter and Danny Young over Chris Warren and Kyle Porter, Porter, which says a lot. I mean, as freshmen. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it should be really fun to see how those sophomores come out this year. You know, they have a year under their belt. Um, and I mean, just another year under this offense is going to be huge. Uh, They're not having to learn a new offense, which a lot of players on this roster have had to do, um, And so I I think this is going to be huge. I mean, the offensive line is always going to be a question until, you know, September 1st. Um, But they have to feel so much better about the running backs right now than they did at this point last season. Well, and and I I
0: find it interesting. The Texas offense hasn't had a bona fide leader, stud, star, whatever you want to say. Since Deontay Foreman, if there's any position group on the offense where a bona fide star is going to come out that isn't the quarterback position, I think it's safe to say it almost looks like it's the wide receivers. Oh, absolutely. Um, and so, why don't we talk a little bit about those wide receivers? If everybody from Colin Johnson to um, little Jordan Humphrey, you know, the, everybody's got something to bring to the table. Why don't we talk a little bit about that?
1: I think besides the defensive backs, this is the most stacked unit Texas has mm-hmm. right now. Uh, when it comes to playing time and who's competing for a starting job, it's going to be tough because they have freshmen that are coming out. And I mean, Brendan Eagles, 6'3", 225, and I mean, the dude can play. And so, when you, you combine that with, I mean, Colin Johnson at 6'6", little Jordan Humphrey, one of the most athletic wide receivers I've seen since I got you know to college. It's going to be fun. Um, I talked to Colin Johnson on Thursday, and we talked about the USC game which was, I mean, huge for him. But then we also talked about what happened, or I guess the better way to say that would is what didn't happen <laughs> after the USC <laughs> game. I mean, the expectations for him only went up after that that game. And, I mean, understand, understandably so. Um, but the rest of the <coughs> season was kind of almost a disappointment. I know we talked about it for a while. Uh, I mean, week after week we were t- talking, you know, is this the week Colin Johnson comes back? And I talked to him about it, and I said, you know, I know you were a pretty level-headed guy, but did you get frustrated at any point? And he said, "Yeah. I mean, there was a game he didn't start. They they benched him. Uh, and it's just, can he use his body more than he has in the past? And can he create space? And can he? Because he's never had problem with one-on-one. I mean, I don't, I can't list one cornerback that could just straight up guard him one-on-one. Um, but it's these these Big Twelve teams that just do zone and they." I, he hasn't really – the Texas offense hasn't figured out what to do. And so uh, that's the one guy – I mean, same with last year. That was the one guy I was looking for to stand out. Um, the difference between last year and this year is if it's not him, there are five other guys that can beat your their, their opponent. There's, like I said, Brennan Eagles and Lil Jordan Humphrey right now are the two at the top of my list.
2: Well, it seems like Colin, I mean, could potentially get – the opportunities that, I mean, he succeeded so well in during USC. Like, he was getting looks almost every down from Sam because they were just, you know, they had that chemistry going, they were just catching fire. And, I mean, the hype surrounding Colin, Colin isn't just here in I mean, he's a finalist for the Blitnikoff. And, I mean, if you put him outside the numbers, um, I think he could be a problem for any of the Big 12 DBs. Well, Big 12 DBs are going to have real
0: trouble with Colin Johnson, but the Texas defensive backs look like they might not have trouble with anybody this season. Those defensive backs <laughs> have had a really impressive showing in the first few days of practice,
1: haven't they? Yeah, no, I mean, Texas knew they had a really strong freshman class coming in across the board, but, I mean, specifically with the DBs. Um, and I know Tom Herman just talked about it on uh, Sunday, but Caden Stearns has really you know stood out to I think everybody um he's from steel high school I, I grew up down the street from steel so I mean I, I knew of this dude and, and his I mean his older brother as well um but this guy just knows how to find the football and I, Tom Herman even said something similar to that um
2: I think that's exactly what he I said he's always I think exactly he said he's he's always around the football he's already you know causing problems for the offense like creating turnovers I think it's safe to say he's
1: going to get playing time. And, I mean, whether it's starting or not is to be determined. I mean, these next few weeks will determine that. But I think it would be safe to say he will see some time on the field regardless.
2: I think, I mean, even, I mean, you know, we're three practices and we could talk all day. But, I mean, I think you could s- say that, I mean, even the way that it's going, even come Maryland, he could see the field and, you know, potentially be in that uh Group of DBs looking to make some plays.
1: And here's the thing: Tom Herman said that. I mean, he acknowledged it's just three days in, but he said that these opinions and this praise for Caden comes from the spring, and right. so that really stood out to me. And so it would be fun to see him play right away. I'd really like to see a freshman, you know, get back there, um, and just this entire of defensive backs is just gonna be really fun to watch I'm really excited to see how Chris Boyd I mean the opposite of inexperienced I'm really excited to see you know how he comes out and he kind of always seems like he has a chip on his shoulder and I mean he's the veteran now um, and it's funny actually I talked to some wide receivers and a couple of DBs I talked to PJ Locke and I asked him you know who talks the most out of the DBs and he just went on a not a rant but he talked for a while he goes you know Chris boys really matured. And I was like, I didn't ask that, but really. And he goes, yeah, I mean, he talked a lot freshman and sophomore year. And I mean, now he's kind of, you know, died down a little bit. So I go straight to Gerard hurt after that. And I, I tell him, like, Oh, Peter just told me Chris isn't really talking anymore. And he goes, yeah, you know, I think that's just part of the, ma- the maturity process. And I go, okay, well, who would you say talks the most out of the DBs? And he goes, oh no, it's still Chris. Don't, don't get it twisted. <laughs> it's still him. He's just matured. And I mean, it's less, sure, but it's still more than everybody. <laughs> but just his persona and his just the vibe that Chris Boyd just carries. I'm really excited to see how that translates to the fields come September.
2: I want to touch base on what you talked about a second ago about Caden Stearns and, you know, how the hype was generated during the spring, because it seems like the question that everybody's asking is like, how did the bowl game change everything? I mean, we we visibly saw everybody seem to buy in to, to Herman, like, on live television. And then, I mean, there's all these questions surrounding him in media day and, you know, press availabilities. And he says, no, it's the spring. It's the summer. That's when we really started to develop this culture. Yeah, it may have been born, you know, back in Houston, but... Now we're seeing all these players coming together and, you know, building off of one another and, and the coaching staff. And that was what uh, Herb Hand talked about, too, was he said the biggest thing for him coming in as the new staff member was just the communication and the way that he's gotten on the the same level with some of the guys, the way they do things, things like that. And uh, it looks like it's it's all coming together for Texas at the right time. All right, well, um, that's about
0: all we've got right now. It's first overtime, and a lot of overtimes for the next few weeks are going to be all about football, um, like most things here in the state of Texas. Be sure and follow at Texan Sports and at Texan Podcast on Twitter. You know, We'll we'll keep you up to date on all the latest sports news, all the latest podcasts here at the Texan. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we'll be there. And as we're wrapping it up, Ross, I'm curious. What do most people respond whenever you finally get the courage to ask
2: them out? takes this strange pause, replied, no.